Whether you're a first-time listener, a die-hard fan, or somewhere in between, welcome to CMO Combo, the show from CMO Alliance where we tackle the big ideas that the modern CMO needs to know about to succeed. This time, we're joined by James Shearer, VP of Growth at Codeless, and we're looking at the challenges CMOs from smaller businesses face when it comes to content and ranking for keywords against giant companies. How do you not just survive, but thrive in a world where the rich get richer? Listen on, because James has plenty of good ideas to share. Hi, James. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? Very well, well. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us, for sure. Like As a content marketer, this is something that I've been wanting to cover for a long time on the show. And I'm sure many CMOs are quite eager to cover it as well, because it's how, how do you really compete in the content marketing space and the SEO space against big companies that are just going to automatically rank for things in your space? But before we get into that topic, James, like maybe you could introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a bit about yourself. For sure. Uh, so my name is James Shear. I am the VP of Strategy at Codeless. Codeless is a sizable kind of content production, content marketing agency. Uh, so we work with companies like Money.com and Active Campaign and a lot of others uh, to create kind of content plans and content strategies and then execute them um, to drive organic uh, ranking position and success through SEO. So I've been doing that for about here with Codeless for about three years, but I've been in the kind of inbound blogging space for 13. Um, so pretty much when I graduated, I came out with an English degree and I was like, I don't know what to do with this and the world doesn't need me. Uh, so I kind of found my way serendipitously into marketing and then via marketing uh, content creation. So. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of merit-based content marketing. It's my jam. Excellent, excellent. So um, when we were sort of coming up with the, the concept for this episode, there was a phrase that stuck out for me in sort of like our emails and stuff. It was the rich get richer when it comes to ranking for keywords. Like, let, let's talk yeah. about the phrase, what we mean by that in the context of content marketing and SEO. What do we mean by the rich get richer? The rich get richer is basically the idea that domain authority and domain ranking is a core variable to your content's chance to rank. So if you're coming in with the exact same content and your domain authority, you know, your new site, your DA, DR is below 30, um, exact same content, not even a chance to rank for a high volume, high competitive uh, competitiveness search term. Whereas another company in, again, with that exact same content coming with, with a DA, DR of 75 and significant, you know, existing traffic and an older site uh, will rank ex- way more easily. Um, so the challenge that a lot of small and medium-sized businesses are facing, especially if you're like getting into content, you know, now or, or, or in the kind of in the past year or so, um, is that you have a serious uphill battle decline and there are, you know, people who have oxygen and they have somebody carrying them and, you know, they actually are driving to the top of the mountain and you're there with a massive, massive 500 pound bag trying to like <laughs> struggle your way up and, and, and falling to the side, um, it's, it's not an even playing field, unfortunately. So you have to find ways to even it out. And I, and I find like often a lot of like the tools that we have access to, stuff like Hrefs and SEMrush and stuff like Keyword Explorers, that kind of thing. It sometimes makes it more difficult because you're seeing how difficult it is to rank for the key terms that you need to do for your business. But like, what is the point when the difficulty is like a 96 or something like that? HubSpot's capturing all of the possible things you'd be wanting to do if you're doing stuff about like content marketing, for example. So how do we get around this? Like, what, is, what are the implications for CMOs in terms of like how to work around this kind of uh, scenario that we're finding ourselves in? 
I mean, I think, and again, this perhaps goes with, goes against uh, the main topic of conversation here, but the reality of the situation is that content marketing is not right for every industry. You know, we, we have clients who come saying, hey, we want, we want, you know, 20 pieces of content. And we have to say, you know, those opportunities in your space and for your industry aren't there. And that's okay. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't succeed as a business. It's just that creating and investing significantly inbound, in, inbound marketing and content creation may not be right for you. Um, so firstly, don't just, you know, assume that because everybody's doing it and it's a hot topic or, you know, it's been a hot topic for 10 years or whatever, um, that it's, it's still a significant, it's worth doing for your business. And same way, like, you know, social media isn't right for every business and like the, the idea or the perception that like, I need to be on every social media platform and have a social media manager responsible for this stuff is an absolute fallacy and a massive waste of some businesses time and energy and resources. Um, so put that to the side, <laughs> um, but have that be a caveat to the best of this conversation. Um, in order to kind of succeed or compete, small and medium-sized businesses can't create content flippantly. Um, they need to be far more conscientious about creating content with intention, doing everything they possibly can do right, um, and not casually doing anything like not really not casually creating content and you know working with a lot of those larger businesses we work with larger and smaller both it's like mama.com massive business um they have a the day of height 83 or something like that um they're creating a huge volume of content in any given month um but just from the insider's perspective what they don't do is um consider because they're doing such a massive volume every piece isn't considered as much as it could be. And also every piece doesn't matter as much from a internally, you know, from a, from an optimization perspective down the line. So what I advise small medium sized businesses to do is to first and foremost, have clear intention about every piece of content that you create. Why am I creating it? What is it linked to? What is it supporting? What is it supported by? Um, how am I navigating people from this page to the next one? Um, what is the key target key phrase as well as what are the, you know, secondary semantic key phrases I'm targeting with this? All those best practices. Get that content live around a single, like I recommend businesses do kind of three categories of content, three to five pillars per category, and then 15 to 20 support pieces per category as well, supporting those pillars. So get that content up and live and then be really conscientious about keeping an eye on how it's performing. So those tools like Ahrefs, SendRush, um, when every URL really matters to you and you've invested a significant amount of your marketing budget in every single piece, you need to then be really, really on where it's going, where it's plateauing, where it's finishing its like organic rise. And once it finishes, once it plateaus or once it starts to decline off of, you know, it gets the 13th and it starts falling that down, be on that and be updating that URL and being adding content or you know generating more internal links or external links. Um, be very aware of not just the production of your content, but also the analysis of its performance over its lifetime. And don't do anything haphazardly or carelessly or without clear uh, thought. So when you, when you, I'm, I'm gonna focus on one little thing you said at the end, a lifetime of content. What is the lifetime of content? Is there a set thing or does it, does it vary from industry to vary on content type, to vary on uh, depending on channel? Like how do you know the life cycle of a piece of content when it needs to start being refreshed and stuff like that? It does depend to a certain extent on, on industry. Um, there are some pieces of content that, 
you know, we, we think of content as evergreen and the idea behind that is that there, um, there is a piece of content that you publish once and you don't have to touch for, for years and that's the ROI because you pay up front and then you get this ROI over time. That's no longer as true as it was five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, when I first started on content, there was the, the, was the idea, a, a legitimacy to the idea that you could publish a URL and just walk away and it would just continue driving traffic and leads and sales for the next 10 years. Um, the reality now is that, especially if you're in the SaaS and B2B space, a lot of what you talk about is obsolete in half an hour. Um, if you're in the e-commerce space, um, products change, your services change, what you offer changes, the value that people are looking for in any given product changes. So the consumer is also affecting um, what people are looking for in any given piece of content and what 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 their search intent actually is with, with a, a target key phrase. Um, in general, I would say optimize your content when it needs it, which I guess I understand is a very ambiguous <laughs> term, <laughs> but there's two kind of ways that you determine if it needs it. So again, going back to HFs, SEMrush, models, whatever it is, you're taking a, a really clear um, review of your content's plateaued ranking positions or declining ranking positions. So when it starts to rank um, between you know, eighth and 30th position, uh, which I refer to almost as your 11s, which are those, those URLs that are just off of a traffic driving ranking position. The idea being that first to seventh is actually where we're actually driving significant traffic. Um, or any traffic. Um, so be conscious of where, when it gets to those positions and stops organically climbing. If it's in eighth and still seems to be rising on week, week on week, then don't touch it and let it, let it plateau. Optimize it when it gets to those positions um, as your first kind of port of call for optimization. The second is like when you know your industry changes, when there's new information to be added to this content. Google likes recency. Ironically, Google also likes really old domains, which <laughs> have a huge amount of authority and URLs that have been around since 2015. But Google theoretically, hypothetically, <laughs> likes recency. Um, they like up-to-date statistics. They're getting better and better at, at identifying you know, that kind of thing. Um, briefly, like one of the, the variables that we, we record within our content creation at, at Codeless is um, every statistic added to a piece of content can be no older than 18 months. So all of our writers, if they put in a stat for 2020, we have to send that piece back or have an editor update that, that statistic. Um, simply because I don't want, particularly in the SaaS space, there's nothing, um, there's no, re there's so much data out there. There's no reason to cite anything that's older than it needs to be. It's older than 18 months. Um, so yeah, to wrap up there, optimize when you hit uh, an 11th, when, when you plateau at, a, at an 11, quote unquote, 11, 8th to 30th position, and uh, also optimize when the um, when the information is changed. You, you mentioned- And also just optimize every year anyway. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, you mentioned um, waiting until things plateau with a piece of content. Say something hasn't performed at all. Is it worth going back and optimizing that or is it better to just start from scratch there? Say you've got zero engagement, zero traction on it, and the plateau happens within like, the first three days or the first week of that content going live? Is it worth going back and re-optimizing it or should you just be thinking best to start from scratch there? If it's a legitimate key phrase, and again, going back to the answer to the first question, if we're creating content plans with intention, that we're only creating content that targets relevant, high intent, um, feasibly, you know, feasible target key phrases, uh, then there's no reason for you to ever create another piece of content targeting the same, the same key phrase. Um, so if you publish something and it just goes into the black hole of Google and nothing happens to it, that is okay. 
Um, there are two options for you with that. If it is still a viable key phrase that you do want to rank for and you did want to rank for, let it sit for a while, see what happens, see if anything just organically changes. Um, then you have kind of two primary options. Either do a 301 redirect to a, um, if it has any backlinks at all, you can do a 301 redirect to a, you know, one of your 11s that's related to it. So say you're targeting project management software and you wrote an article on project management tools, the project management tools just never did anything. But your project management software URL is like, you know, in 12th or 13th position for uh, for a significant key phrase. Do a 301 redirect from the other one, send all of that link juice to the primary kind of like the actually just off a ranking position, like a significant ranking position URL, um, or just completely rewrite the article. Don't worry about it. The URL holds all of the value. The content itself is immaterial, which is why we talk about updating content every six months or so. And when I talk about updating content, that can be a complete rewrite of the article. Backlinko, Brian Dean, he does this thing where like the actual amount of articles or URLs on his site is actually relatively limited. He updates any given URL, but whenever he does like a 2022 update to whatever idea, he just republishes an entirely new article on existing URL. So he does like a, a guide to backlinking or whatever it is. It's a guide to backlinking for 2022. And last year, that same URL was a guide to backlinking for 2021. And, and you can go actually in like the Wayback Machine, you can see completely new content on the same URL on Brian Dean's site. It's really interesting. Um, so yeah, the idea is create content targeting high value key phrases, create content with intention. Um, if it just happens to go into the abyss of Google, let it sit for a while, and then do not be afraid to either do a 301 redirect if you really see no 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 possibility whatsoever of you ever actually, oh, that was a mistake. We should never have actually targeted that. Or uh, just you know completely rewrite the article. Fair, fair. Um, it's interesting that we're in this position now where repurposing and re-optimizing content is the way to go. Because I, as you said, that maybe like 10, 13 years ago, it was all about just having as much content as possible. Like content was king and you just kept with churning out the content um, constantly. What's what's led to this change? Is it changes in the Google algorithm or is it something deeper in terms of like what, what our audiences are looking for when it comes to content? I mean, for me, it's that, I mean, we're, ultimately we're talking about the quantity versus quality debate, which has mm -hmm. been you know raging for, as you say, 10, 13 years. Um, for me, it's about the idea that I, I I've been doing this for a while. I think of myself as an SEO. Um, I lead content teams, you know, I have for years. And yet, if you asked me, is that article going to rank for that target key phrase or is that article going to rank for a target key phrase? I can't tell you with, with significant confidence. And any SEO who tells you that that's going to rank and that's not going to rank doesn't know what they're talking about because that's you can't. You can't be sure of anything. Ultimately, it's down to the SEO gods. And um, realistically, if you if you create content, you have to throw it into that abyss and hope that it happens to stick or throw it against the wall. And if it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't stick, um, then, okay, it doesn't need to create that content. It just means it just didn't happen to stick. And so from my perspective, going back to the quantity versus quality, you create a high volume of content. You throw a lot of it at the wall. And if it sticks a little bit, then you go back in and optimize it. And by sticking, I mean, becoming an 11, ranking between 8th and 30th for 250 plus monthly search volume key phrase. 
related exactly to what you're talking about within the article. Um, so I call that sticking. And then because you've published a high volume of them, more of what you attempt sticks. All of it's good. All of it follows every best practice. Um, all of it, I could look at and say that all has an equal chance to rank, but I can't tell you which one of those URLs it's going to. Um, so you create a high volume, you publish it, and then you optimize it after the fact, because only once it gets to close to a traffic driving position, do you actually care about really investing significantly in it. And don't get me wrong, you're investing in it to begin with, but you're really investing when it gets a traffic position, because what's the point in investing significantly in a URL that's never going to see the light of day? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want your website to be as tight as possible. Then you can't just have all these extra URLs, the extra things, which is going to make it harder for not just people to navigate through, but also for search bots to crawl as well. Like if you've got way too many URLs, it's going to be impossible for that. Okay. So we, I think we've laid like a good foundation. Here. Let's talk about sort of examples of this in, in action, whether it's a hypothetical example, whether it's a case study that you've worked on, let's, um, let's dig into that kind of thing. For sure. Um, fun case study is a company called Early Bird. Early Bird is a fintech. They do, um, it's an investing app for minors, kind of. So it's like parents who want to create a bank or accounts or investing kind of portfolios for their children before they get of age. Kind of cool idea. Um, and they came to us with 32 domain ranking, DA, something like that. Um, no blog. They've been around for a little while. They just done a funding round. So standard kind of one of our one of our standard smaller clients. And they wanted to like they, they asked, okay, so what what are we gonna what should we blog about? And the content plan that I broke down for them that I kind of created for them was built around, as I've touched on briefly, uh, three different categories of content. So I run not just in pillar of post method, but also within a categorization method. So the first category was gifting. The second was like um uh Udma Utma, like the, the accounts that you can create for minors. Um, and the third was investing in general. So like investing ideas for young parents, et cetera, et cetera. So when you create three categories of content, you then create pillars within them. A pillar being a highly competitive, high search volume key phrase within a given category. And then you create support content for each kind of, for not so much each pillar, but like that category's pillars. So we did this, they were publishing 10 articles per month, which is fine. That's around what we're talking about. A lot of businesses are doing that kind of thing. Um, but I, my perspective on this has always been publish uh, content within each category from month one. Because again, what we're doing here is we're throwing content against the wall of Google to see what sticks. All of the content's excellent. Let's see what sticks. And then after month three or four, when we're like, you know, everything's indexed, everything is like naturally moving its way up Google, or hopefully um, we're driving backlinks from another sort of source, source uh, an agency that's backlinks for us. Um, their gifting category just happened to uh, seem to click. Okay, let's reevaluate our content strategy in for the second quarter. Let's double down on the category that Google seems to be saying yes to for early bird. Um, so we did that, that became kind of the, the content plan for month kind of four, five, and six. And by month six, again, this is starting with like, I think they had 1600, uh, volume to like the few blog articles that they had written, which were very like self, you know, brand focused or whatever. Um, so by month six, they were at 10,000 monthly search, uh, monthly organic. Um, and by month nine and by month nine, we'd gone back and started the UGMA stuff 
the kind of account oriented stuff, that category is sort of kind of ticking over. And again, we're being really intentional with the internal linking. So the category that seems to be clicking, we're very intentionally starting to link to the other categories as much as we can, along with supporting the pillars within that category. Um, also, when a category starts ranking, link to the support content of another category. Link to everything, but link to the support content because so the support content is going to have an easier time to rank. And uh, when a support URL begins ranking on the first page, it gets significant traffic, then the value of the link that it sends internally to a pillar is greater. So take advantage of the traffic and kind of link value of your, of, of your organic ranking content to send more love to your non-ranking content. Um, so after nine months or so, a couple of their categories really started to kick over. Um, they went from 10 to 25,000. And then between month nine and month 18, they got to um, 78,000 monthly visitors, which is what happened last month. So wow. in about 18 months, we were from, we were from 1,600 to 78,000. That, that, really that's, that's very impressive. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so, like yeah. our big one. <laughs> yeah, I'd be boasting about that one as well, James, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and a great example to follow. I really like sort of, it's almost like, like a tree planting roots kind of thing. So you have like the main topics and then as you deep dive deeper into it, it splits out and you get bigger roots online kind of thing and it spreads yeah. out more. Like I like that approach. Very, very cool. So we've, we've kind of touched a lot on how content marketing has changed and how things are now. Is it always going to be this way? Is it always going to be a struggle for small companies to compete with big companies? Or is there anything on the horizon that you can see changing that kind of thing? Is it going to be the metaverse is going to open up digital real estate for everyone? Is that what we need to be hoping for as content marketers? I would love to say, given that I am semi-responsible for driving growth for a content agency, that every <laughs> small business has a great opportunity to drive traffic and growth uh, through content um, in for the next forever. Um, the reality of the situation is that I don't think it's going to get any easier. Um, I think the monopolization of SERP is of the SERP um, is going to increase as opposed to decrease, unfortunately. What that means is that small and medium-sized businesses have another few years in which they can find success quite easily, not, not easily, but can find success with content. You know, we've talked about a lot of the like actionable ways that businesses can do that on this call, on this, on this podcast. Um, you have another few years, and then we're really going to start seeing that um, those high domain authority, unless Google changes something massively, and again, they could, I don't see them um, rewarding lower domain authority sites over higher anytime soon. Um, the kind of the key components that they value um, remain links, traffic, domain authority, which is built from links and traffic, um, and the amount of content that you're producing and the right position of every single URL. <clears throat> if those variables remain the same, which I really don't see changing, then the monopolization is going to increase, if anything. So what's the answer? Let's not just kind of lay down and die. Um, <laughs> there are other content types. Um, so we, you know, last year hired a head of video. We kind of stole her from a company that we kind of work with a little bit, shush. Um, and she uh, is excellent. And she's put together a, a team of, of really high quality videographers and spokespeople um, who create high quality video content. We are seeing across the board the video content added to written content increases ranking position 
Um, we have, <clears throat> as I'm sure you're very aware, like the whole podcasting space is an up and coming one for a lot of people that is a legitimate audience if you do it well um, for small, medium sized businesses. Webinars remain an incredibly um, impactful lead generation content type in particular. Um, I would say as well, though, be conscious that the amount of people searching for stuff is not decreasing either. If anything, search volumes are just increasing, 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 increasing. So do not be afraid to say, re realistically, I'm not going to get the biggest piece of this pie in this space, particularly if you're in SaaS and B2B, because there's some, well, not necessarily B2B, but in the SaaS space, there's some significant um, uh, businesses that are going to dominate the majority of niches. Um, so say, realistically, there are some very legitimate smaller search volume key phrases that are attainable and will be attainable because, you know, those brands haven't quite gotten to them yet. Also, we have to be aware that like, there are new spaces opening up all the time. So the monopolization we're talking about is monopolization of existing search intent, uh, existing searches. But particularly in the data space, in the analysis space, um, in the AI space, in the you know cryptocurrency space, like these search terms are not yet dominated by massive businesses because you know those search the, the searches are 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 new. You know they're like they're genuinely new searches. Um, another key to that is that um, early bird that client that I mentioned before is getting a little bit into crypto, like investing in crypto, et cetera, um, giving crypto to miners and how it all works. Um, and I you know I'm looking at search volumes in Ahrefs and Moz, and I'm like there's nothing here that I'm really enthusiastic about. Some of these searches are like investing in Bitcoin or like how to invest in Bitcoin or like is, is, is Bitcoin a, a safe option for investment? Um, and I'm not seeing a huge amount of, of search traffic or search volume. That's because Ahrefs has shown me the past five years, you know, that search term is new ultimately. Not as much Bitcoin, but they got a lot of it in the crypto space, in the data, you know, um, uh, analysis space and the, the segmentation spaces. Um, these are new search terms. So be on the cutting edge and don't be afraid to create something that doesn't yet have search volume, but will. Um, and go with your gut on that. And good luck, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is an uphill struggle for us all in smaller businesses. Um, but at the end of the day as well, like content is always going to have other value besides just ranking for search. Like content can play a large part of further down the funnel, like lead nurturing, uh, customer retention, custom success, that kind of thing. So there's never going to be a point in the future where companies, are going to be, well, at least digital companies are going to be able to say, we don't do content at all. Like you're just doing content for different reasons at the end of the day, yeah. or multiple reasons is probably a better way of putting it. And also, I mean, like a lot of what we're talking about from lead generation space to email trip campaigns, to um, social media, to video. And from my perspective, all of that content starts with, a long form blog article. And so when you do create a long form blog article, even if it doesn't necessarily rank, though, again, create with, content, with intention, internal links, uh, external backlinks, supporting content, whatever, whatever, do all the right things. If it doesn't anyway, don't just disregard that content as having value. That content can have value in a number of different places that we've touched on. So repurpose that long-form blog article into a drip article, into a, a, a five email drip campaign, into with another couple of articles, an ebook, you know, that is the complete guide to X subject. Um, 
take out snippets from that from that article and make them into you know social media snapshots. Turn that article into into a, a, a video script, or uh, again, similar to the, the ebook compilation, make it into a webinar, make it into a, a podcast subject where you do a Q and A with the person who wrote it or whatever it is. And um, there's a lot that can be done. Don't 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 waste the investment by once you throw it into the hole of Google if it just kind of keeps falling. Don't don't waste the investment that you created. It's still a valuable piece of content. And plus as well, like investigating exactly why that hasn't performed as well as you were hoping will set you up for the future. You learn just as much from things that fail as you do from things that succeed at the end of the day. And, and this is, do not be afraid to rewrite content from scratch <laughs> on the same URL and do not be afraid to do 301 redirects. It feels really scary. The worst thing you can do is delete a URL um, to a certain extent. Um, it's complicated, but... <laughs> The worst thing you can do is leave the URL. Uh, so do not be afraid to do a 301 redirect. That's that's, that's a, a big message to end on there. Do not be afraid. But is, is there an, a final golden rule that you want to tie everything together that we've spoken about today as, as one final message to give out to our, our CMO audience? I think the mistake that I see a lot of SMBs making, a lot of CMOs making who don't have you know serious content strategy background is in the belief that if a you are if a piece of content doesn't perform it's done let's move on optimization is oh, the heart of a successful content strategy <clears throat> in 2022 and, and ongoing um, keep a really close eye on every url's performance if it starts kind of you know climbing let it if it starts falling or plateaus do something about it to every URL. Um, spend as much time investing in optimization of content as you do as in, in creating net new content. Um, not least because it's significantly lower investment to tweak an existing URL than it is to create a new one. And that's going to be your low-hanging fruit. Nine times out of 10, if you have existing blog, your low-hanging fruit is going to be the, the content you already have, not anything you're creating new. And again, weird thing to say for somebody who's, you know, is ma managing a content production agency, but we do optimization. That's the core part of what we do is dive in, you know, address which, which, which of our clients' URLs need a little bit of love and assign it out to a writer who can do that work. Um, and changing from just doing that new content to doing that new content and optimization of existing was a major pivot within our business because of the importance of it. Excellent. Excellent. James, I've, I found this absolutely illuminating and reassuring and slightly terrifying all at the same time as a content marketer. I'm so, sure many of the CMOs as well who are struggling with their content strategies feel the same. So thank you very much for today. And thank you very much to our listeners as well for joining us. Uh, we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Thanks so much, Will.